and welcome to another Meta Media Group production of On Purpose Magazine, featuring interesting, inspiring, educational, and entertaining stories, discussions, and interviews of purpose, with purpose, on purpose. Hello, everybody. This is J.W. and Jaren with On Purpose Magazine, and we're very excited today to have Brett Leonard and Chris Creeper with us today. Hi, guys. How you doing? We're doing good. How you doing, Jay? How are you? Great. Uh, Chris, you're in uh, Canada today. Is that right? That's correct. Finally, a sunny day in Vancouver. <laughs> exactly. That's cool. And uh, both of us, Brett, we're, we're down in L.A. and a great sunny day here. Um, yeah. Listen, let me tell you, I'm really excited to have both of you on today because I, I, I guess originally I was going to be able to talk to either one of you at a time. And so this is really exciting to get you both on today um, to talk about uh, Brag Film. Uh, first of all, um, I don't believe you need too much of an introduction, Brett, uh, as the director of uh, films like Lawnmower Man, Virtuosity, uh, shows like Highlander, uh, movies like Man Thing, Feed, working with people like Denzel Washington, Jeff Goldblum, Russell Crowe, Pierce Brosnan. Um, you're pretty much a, a cult movie director out there and, and pretty well known. Chris, on the other hand, um, uh, you haven't directed any films of late that I know of. Uh, I understand you're more of a high-tech entrepreneur and uh, very, um, you know, working for companies like IBM in Europe, uh, and doing all kinds of high-tech stuff. Is that correct? Yes, absolutely. I, I come from basically the opposite end of the spectrum from Brett. I've been involved in uh, in business and technology for over 25 years, mostly with my own company. I had a, a software company in Canada for many years, uh, and then I, I went over to Asia and Europe for, for over 10 years, um, partly working for IBM, partly working in emerging technology um, in, in uh, East Asia. Uh, and uh, more recently, I, I came back to Canada and met up with Brett and realized we both had the same vision, so now I'm doing this. Well, that's great. Brett, let me ask you, um, we could probably spend, I, I'd love to, you know, do a great interview about all the wonderful movies you've done and, and all the great things you've done. Uh, nobody, I mean, I was going over your resume today and the stuff that you've done that I didn't even realize is pretty mm. incredible. Um, but we wanted to talk about Frag Films today. Um, so let me just start out by asking, uh, you guys are, uh, you have the company, I think it's called Pop Fiction Life, or, or at least that's the concept. Well, our, our, our brand, our, yeah, the brand is called Pop Fiction Life. Uh, our company is PFL Transmedia, okay. and uh, Pop Fiction Life is, is a brand of, of, of a new type of visual content, entertainment, interactive entertainment that uh, we are creating. And one of the forms of that is what we call a frag film. And that is creating films uh, that can be distributed in fragments or frags, as we like to call them. And uh, and then they all fit together into a feature film uh, at the end of the day. But, you know, looking at the way in which uh, digital content is being distributed and, and produced, it, it's a, a time of radical change right now. And so this is, uh, you know, a, a, an idea uh, that Chris and I have, have been working on to, to create, you know, to allow uh, another way of producing films and another way of distributing films and also another way of creating engagement and interactivity uh, with films uh, because that's what an Internet audience is looking for. So it's, uh, it's a very exciting time, and we're just uh, – 
you know, going off of the disruption that's going on in the in the overall content business in general. Well, let me, let me kind of go into uh, or ask you a few questions about it because it is kind of a concept that doesn't make itself totally clear. And I'm guessing this is something that came out of uh, the whole music industry where they, they were all music was going through central distribution and big music companies. And the social media and the internet has kind of turned that on its head with iTunes and uh, SoundCloud and some other uh, various platforms. And I'm guessing that this is kind of a throw off from that more for the movie generation. Is that am I heading any of that right? Yes, I think I think yeah, that, that's that's a good analogy there because you know the 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 way in which music was being produced for years changed radically. Uh, you know about. 20 years ago, and, and that change then created a different uh, modality for distributing films, I mean, sorry, distributing music because of the Internet and, of course, what Steve Jobs did, which basically he right. stole the entire music industry. Um, and uh, films are going through the, you know, or what I like to call digital content because, you know, we're not even shooting film anymore. So... It's a little bit misnomer right. to call things film for filmmaking. But uh, in terms of digital content or, or entertainment content, uh, we're going through that same kind of disruption that the music business went through, and, and we're kind of sort of in the middle of it right now. Uh, two, two aspects of that. One is the produ- production aspect and how to produce things more cost-effectively, more efficiently, and, and with a new generation of, of filmmakers that, that really have learned in a whole different way. So that's something I've been focusing on. Uh, because if you're going to be creating, uh, you, you know, new digital content for new platforms, it's got to be at a certain price point that makes sense for these new platforms in the transition period. So uh, there's a little bit of Roger Corman in this uh, in this play. I actually am based in Venice, California, just right where Roger did his stuff, and he's one of my heroes. And, of course, he started the careers of so many people uh, in Hollywood because he gave new, new filmmakers a chance and another way of doing things that allowed them to, to you know, to get their – Get their feet wet in the, in the medium, and that and that is one of the aspects of what we're doing with pop fiction live frag films. The other aspect is to be able to uh, engage the audience in a different way, parsing the film in frags, which allows for a, a more um, diffused distribution, like I like to say, and, and also allows you to be able to put interactivity uh, onto the frags. It's something uh, Chris is working on a lot, and Chris can speak more to that. Okay. Um, let me let me t- let me touch on something really quick first because one of the things in your first movie uh, that was you know with, that got critical acclaim and, and yeah. kind of sent you to a, on a new path was Lawnmower Man, and I yes. know that you I believe you co-wrote that. Um, yes, I did. Indirectly. So yeah. you kind of know from uh, from your own journey how difficult or or, or the path that it takes to, to get into making a feature film. Is Frag Film going to help? people do more uh, but because I understand that the formats for the frag films that you're putting together are, are, are going to be you know full HD quality that you can't get in what most amateurs put out on YouTube so does this change things and help things or is this just a different way of putting out uh, high quality no, 
absolutely. Part of one of the one of the aspects of this is to create a community of people, uh, new content creators. There's so many of them out there that are that are truly talented and have the tools because of technological advances and cameras. And I mean, you know, everybody's walking around with an HD camera in their phone. Right. <laughs> so it's a very very different moment from a standpoint production. So there's a whole new generation of content creators that need another way besides the traditional Hollywood. Uh, you know, path because the traditional Hollywood path has become more and more contracted, and actually the the path to monetizing what I would call independent cinema is is more and more dysfunctional. And right. so uh, it, you know, there's an opportunity there to to create a platform that allows people uh, to to really you know find each other in the context of creating digital media, and also allows them to be given expertise through that platform that would have helped them make them their stuff better. So this is very much a play for what I call mass market cinematic communication. Uh, it's something that uh, uh, reaches out at beyond the bounds of Hollywood uh, in order to draw everyone into the process of making, you know, truly compelling uh, digital content. And I think that that's a trend that's going to continue because, you know, think about it. There's now millions and millions of more personal screens out there than there were just a few years ago. Okay. And so it, that changes the, the metric of, of the distribution of content tremendously. And yet the business models and, and, and you know, the way in which Hollywood has created content and distributed it is, is still, you know, kind of mired in a 1935 process. I mean, there are some exceptions to that, but it's, it's, it's very, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's very behind the times in the context of what's really going on out there with the digital content community. And then what I've always loved, you know, in all my films, I've always tried to find new talent, whether it be Russell Crowe, uh, you know, I kind of gave him his break in, in, uh, in Virtuosity, uh, you know, Alicia Silverstone, Alison Lachlan, I mean, and, and then behind the camera, many, many, many people. And, and I, because of that, I wanted to create something that reached out and, and encompassed a new pathway for people to, to be able to become storytellers and, and use cinema as a powerful means of personal expression. And in that context, the reason for frag films being distributed differently allows uh, you know, a completely different business metric, but also it allows interactivity to be put within the context of, of that distribution uh, through the Internet. And that interactivity includes sort of empowering a base of digital content creators out there. So that's, that's part of the vision here, and, and uh, that's really what's most exciting to both Chris and I. Okay, let me let me ask you because I do want to get to, to Chris and, and 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 that whole thing, but um, and I'll put this question to both of you uh, to make sure that people on this in, you know when they listen to this interview understand what a frag film is. Could you really kind of break down uh, what a frag film is? I understand it's uh, pieces and parts of film, maybe not even in in particular order, uh, that come together with an ending that is uh, monetizable. Does that make any sense? Well, no. It's 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 it's, it's, it's a little simpler than that. It's it's really creating uh, feature-length content because I believe that feature-length content, three-act story structure, you know, is something that that the world understands. And okay. and so at the end of the day, at the end of the day, this is just a, a way of creating independent cinema uh, or independent digital content that that ultimately still is created as, an, as a feature-length product, a feature-length film, but. Part of the promotion of that film, because of the, the sensibility of the Internet, uh, people are used to getting a lot of content for free. And mm -hmm. so you kind of have to, you know, you have to seduce them more. With, free line with, over with, a bit, right? 
Yes, exactly. So we actually are giving away through frags, through a number of frags, over half of a complete frag film. You're not getting all the story. You're not getting all the music. So we, we should say that one of the things that a pop fiction life frag film is focused on is creating a story around a musical act that uh, is, is, again, fiction, but it comes out of the music and sort of uh, the authentic place where that, that musical act, is, um, what they come from in life. So it's, it's, it's sort of, I don't know if you know cinema history or not, but it's a kind of exercise in, you know, uh, neorealism in a sense because we're, we're creating fiction, but we're also going off of finding music and, and, and musical stars that, that have something going on that's interesting to fictionalize. Instead of doing a reality show or documentary about a musical act, we're actually creating a story. Now, of course, this harkens back to what the director Richard Lester did uh, with the Beatles in the 60s. You know, the, those, those films of the Beatles, that wasn't a documentary about the Beatles. They, those were fiction films that created a persona. And my, right. my, my idea is that, you know, it's much more powerful to create a persona and a mythology around around an act like that as opposed to just kind of following them into a mixed room and watching people eat clock bars while they mix, which is a lot of, you know, sort of reality uh, behind. And that kind of, for me, demythologizes, you know, our, our, our musical stars. And I would, I would like to see more uh, of a story that comes out of the, the, the essence of the, the music and who those musical stars are. So that's, that's part of what we're doing with Pop Fiction Life because we're initially starting with musical stars and creating stories around them. But so you, we distribute the, the frags, which are up to half of the film, a little more than half the movie. Mm-hmm. And then if you want to, if you like it, over a period of, you know, several months that as the frags distributed, then you can see how the rest of the story is, you can get the and you can get all the music and you get to see how the third act shows up because we don't give you the third act. So it, it really is a, a way of promoting and building up to an independent cinema release on the internet. Now, this of course harkens back to the way that independent films used to be distributed. They used to be taken with one print around to uh, one city, then another city, then another city, and build the perception of a film very slowly. And my sense is that that's what has to happen with internet content. It can't be just, you know, this instantaneous, it's there and it's gone in a second. We have to build audience interest. We have to build it by giving them a lot of stuff for free and also interactivity that allows them to engage and go to a greater depth with that content. Uh, again, Chris can speak more to that. And, and, and yet, at the end of the day, if they like what they see, then they can, they can, they can actually purchase the entire experience. Um, some of this comes off the kind of thing that Louis C.K. did. Are you right. familiar with, uh, with what he's been doing? Yeah, you know, he's, I call him St. Louis because he's, uh, he's one of the one mainstream acts out there that really is doing things differently in the context of the Internet and offering his fan base and his audience uh, a different way of receiving his content. So there's, there's a number of things going on out there that are disruptive, and this is a way of, of sort of disrupting the traditional cycle of, of mass marketing for a feature film. Uh, you know, I see, Brett, I see so many pieces of genius here. Um, uh, how long are the frag films? The, the frag film is a feature link film, so it's 90 minutes or more. I, know, you know. I mean, the frag itself, the, the piece and parts that you put out. Around, around five, you know, around five minutes, between five oh, and ten minutes, depending. Right, because you know the reason I ask is because uh, nowadays with the YouTube generation, we find out that uh, you know audio can be listened to for 40 minutes at a time, but video, you know, is, is enough, the number is going down all the time. People, uh, five minutes is probably all somebody can deal with. Uh, sometimes with yeah, some of the that, videos you see out there. 
This is definitely a, an idea that it's about, about parsing it for what we call, you know, the short attention spans of the YouTube generation. I mean, there's just, you know, you have to give them to them in bites. But now that said, it, there's actually a lot of conflicting data out there. There's, there's some places in the world where they want longer. So one of the right. things with the fractum is we can, we can actually, we can actually parse the film in different levels, in different, different lengths, depending on the marketplace. Again, the idea is to take a feature film and then be able to parse it in a number of different places for all these diverse marketplaces that are out there, not just one way, you know, and, and that's why I call it diffused uh, uh, distribution as opposed to, you know, vertically integrated distributions, which is what studios do. And now they only do it for films that cost, you know, $250 million or more. So it's, right. it's contracted very, and I, I believe cinema and, and content can be about more than just Superheroes. Not that I don't go and see those films; I enjoy them greatly. But it's, you know, there's a lot more that cinema can do, and so this is a way of, of 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 sort of reaching out to that, both from a professional level and distribution level, but also from a level of empowering people to create their own cinema, their personal cinema, and that's really where the sort of interactivity aspect of this this goes. This is a this is a, a, a another other genius point for me, and that is the building of community that comes into play here with the social media. We see it now with even TV shows where you're seeing hashtags running all over the screen and they're getting instant feedback on stuff. And, and, and this building up community uh, is very important. And the last piece of genius I see in here is that I, I got a feeling, because I know how I watch stuff, that even yeah. if the frag film I'm watching is a complete train wreck, I'm still going to yeah. want to see the end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, humans do have this built-in thing that uh, if you if you get hooked in something at all, you're going to want to know how the story turns out. Story is is the greatest viral uh, thing that that humans have going on. It's, it goes back to you know cave paintings and and dancing around a fire. So it's you know the, the storytelling aspect uh, and and allowing people to sort of slowly engender a story through these parsed pieces. Uh, you know, we're trying to find a way of, of, of addressing, you know, where the audience has gone, where a generation has gone in terms of their, their content viewing habits. And, you know, me, I'm a, I'm a cinema freak. I love sitting back and watching the four-hour version of uh, Lawrence of Arabia once a year. You know, but that's not necessarily the way a, a lot of, you know, uh, 15 to 25-year-old uh, uh People would do that, so so it's uh, it, it's it's acknowledging that there's a change in viewing habits, a change in attention spans, and yet still allowing it to come together as a full story, which is what cinema is so great at doing. That is, that's uh, that's that's awesome. And and I got you on the phone, Chris. I want to uh, talk to you. Uh, you know, you're the you're the entrepreneur here, the business guy. Um, I'd like to talk to you about um, PFL. Um, how you believe it's going to change the film industry and the business model, um, and kind of tell me about your piece and, and role in this. Absolutely. But just to, just to be clear, Brett is as much an entrepreneur as I've ever been, uh, if you look at the way he's done his business. But in any event, in terms of, of where PFL is going, um, I, I just want to step back a little bit and talk about um, the way I saw things going and how that was in direct parallel to what Brett was doing. I actually came to this and, and met Brett through a, n a number of steps. Uh, because I, I missed the album, the days of the album. I've always loved the thematic storytelling album. And I, what, I, what I saw happening, especially with more music being consumed on YouTube than, than pretty much any other distribu uh, distribution point, what I saw was that everything had come down to these five-minute or three-minute videos, which didn't right. tell a story. And I felt that 
through technology, through interactivity and social media sharing and discovery, that in a sense the album could be revived. Um, in that, as opposed to just distinct videos that had no connection, you could tell an entire story through single videos, three to five minutes, that were linked thematically. And, and in, in essence, that's exactly what Brett creates as a movie. It, it ends up, if you look at, if you watch the, the recent movie we've completed, that's exactly what it is. It's an entire story that is consumed in, in frags. So, you know, it's quite interesting that as a complete non-artistic um, type, I basically am coming to the same point where, where Brett was leading everyone in filmmaking. Now, um, mm -hmm. what, I, what I see is particularly interesting for what we're doing and why it has such resonance today is that we're really at this focal point of, of numerous trends, and Brett alluded to a couple of them. Uh, for example... Everybody today has several screens um, of viewing potential. Even a teenager will have an HD screen, at least one, possibly two, probably access to three or even four. And people want to consume their content any place, any time, uh, any format that suits them. And so we have to be liberated from the old models of being told how to consume content. And, of course, YouTube demonstrated the, the validity of this. But then the other side of that coin is, unlimited amounts of content, but how do you find the quality? And so for us, the, 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 next, uh, the next pillar is what we would consider the social media discovery and sharing. So mm -hmm. through the fragmented distribution, the fact that frags could be anywhere, they could be, they could be brought to the market through the artists themselves or potentially through a sponsor who is connected into the project uh, through right. our own distribution mechanism. But it doesn't matter where a person picks up on it. It's the fact that now they've got a frag and they've got a very linear connection into all the other content. Um, mm -hmm. And the social media side is very important for that because that is really the, the, the highest validity in terms of getting a recommendation from something. If, if some teenager has a link from a friend saying, you've got to see this video, they're probably a 100 times more likely to click on that than if there was a banner ad beside. I, I can't remember a single ad on Facebook, whether I get them or not, because I wouldn't pay attention to it. <laughs> but if my best friend sends me a link saying, you've got to see this, I'm going to watch it, even if, it's, even if it's just for a few seconds. So from my point of view as, as a sort of techie guy, the, the really compelling aspect and what makes our, our uh, partnership so, so fantastic is that I see my desire to explore content based on the quality of the content. It's predicated on high-quality content. Well, what Brett's bringing is, is studio-quality film that I can consume anytime, any place, any way I want. So you bring those two together, and it, and it becomes extremely interesting and viable from a pure business perspective. People will go where the quality is, and if you make it easy to discover, to share, to engage at a deeper level with that content, then you've created that experience that goes far beyond uh, just consuming a three- or four- or five-minute piece of video. Right. Yeah, and there's, there's – I, I know that uh, you, you probably handle some of the money aspects of this. Uh, what comes to my mind is there's all kinds of – and you mentioned it – sponsoring sources, there's crowdfunding sources for these things, and, I mean, just uh, – I guess, you know, the – Market is open wide, and uh, it's brand new. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, there's so there, there's so many things that are disruptive out there uh, in the context of all this, including funding. And we are 
going to be doing, uh, you know, crowdsource initiatives uh, in the context of Bob Fiction Life because we are reaching out to the crowd, not just for funding, but also for, you know, their talents, for, for their stories and, and engaging that. You know, it's funny, if you think back to desktop publishing, you know, when that happened, before that you had to go to a, a place with a guy with a, with a, with a big machine in the back room to do, you know, to do printing. <laughs> And it was kind of a, a, you know, a very, you know, insular art. And then suddenly everyone was able to do it. And it became, it became a, you know, a mass market phenomenon. And I believe the same thing is going to happen with cinema. Cinema is a language. It's something that, uh, you know, everyone is starting to play with because they all have cameras. They all have the ability to manipulate the images and they all have all these screens, as, as Chris is saying. So it's also a very generational thing. Um, and, and so really what cinema is becoming and evolving to is, of course, entertainment, but it's beyond just entertainment and, and empowering people through this social interaction that Chris is talking about uh, and, and get them to start making their own frags, you know, is something that that uh, we're going to be, you know, sort of engendering here as par- a part and parcel of what we're doing. We'll be creating frag films that are sort of exemplars of, of this kind of new production philosophy, but then it's reaching out and, and saying, you can have a lot of the pieces of this yourself, and if you are an inspiring storyteller or you have something to say, and I believe there's tremendous amounts of talent out there all over the world that now have access to the, to the ability to actually express themselves where before they didn't. And yet they still need a place to gather. They still need a place where there's expertise, where there's, where there's a, a, an ability to connect with other people that are doing the same thing and to people that have expertise like myself that want to share the sort of secret you know, the secret knowledge of the monkhood, so to speak. <laughs> and that's that's why this is sort of an anti-Hollywood play. It's just flipping the idea of the sort of exclusivity of Hollywood on its head. And well, I believe... I'm glad you touched uh, on this, Brett, um, mainly yeah. because the, the question that I would have here is, uh, I, I went and Googled up frag film, you know, on YouTube, and people are yeah. calling different things frag film. Your, yes. your frag film without a, without a space in the middle has a, has a TM on it, so it's trademarked. Um, mm-hmm. Is this a proprietary technology? How is it, you know, can somebody use the name Frag Film and not get in trouble with you guys? How is all, all this going to work? Well, you know, I can let Chris speak to that. I think it's, you know, there's a lot of different ideas of what a frag is. Obviously, fragging and, and you know, a frag film in, in the context of gaming is, a, you know, a little movie of, of someone playing a, a, an interactive game, usually yeah. an online game, where they're, you know, showing their kills. So there's a lot of, you know, we're using it in the context of fragment, you know, so, and because that's a word that's out there generationally, I think it has resonance and, and, you know, the words are plastic these days and have have multiple meanings. But uh, there are, there are proprietary technologies that, that, uh, that uh, we are developing that Chris is, Chris is uh, spearheading that are to give this true new level of interactivity to our frag films and to the frag films that are created within the community of pop fiction life that we're creating. Great, Chris. Can you talk to this proprietary technology and what it might look like? Yeah, absolutely. Um, just as, as a bit of uh, a background, I'll refer back to uh, to my four years at IBM where I worked in open source. I'm, I'm a huge believer in open source. And, Wonderful. And, and although uh, developing IP internally is important and having, and having something that, that gives you the first mover advantage, at the same time, I would see that everything that we're developing on, on the interactive side 
I have every expectation that that will become um, not just open source, but more or less open standard. Uh, the, the web itself will evolve in this direction. The browsers themselves, if you look at what's happening with HTML5 and the fact that proprietary right. codecs are no longer going, or hopefully won't be as necessary as they were in the past, all these, mm -hmm. all these um, uh, activities are pointing to the direction of this ubiquitous access to this type of tool. We will be, we will be developing things that uh, initially we might use them exclusively for our own frag films, and in conjunction with co-development partners, co-production, and so on, but we would also expect to trickle down. Um, it is in everybody's best interest, ours included, to have more and more people creating content of this type. I'm, I'm personally less concerned with particular names, whether frag film becomes something that is exclusively associated with us or if it becomes ubiquitous and everyone's creating frag films. I'd, I'd be quite happy with that as long as the overall model uh, that focuses on, on the key priorities of high-quality, easy discovery and sharing, um, friction-free commerce, in other words, the ability to decide, I want to purchase this from a single click. Now, how this will look uh, is, is uh, it's evolutionary in the sense that you're, you're interacting with a piece of high-value content as opposed to having to control it externally. Um, I, I've coined this, these phrases uh, what I would call the lean forward and the lean back. And I think, mm -hmm. again, it gets back to the beauty of, of having someone like Brett creating these films because if you think of your favorite film, TV, whatever it is, you want to lean back and enjoy that, put it up on the big flat screen TV and just watch it end to end. Other, depending on time and where you are and so on, the lean forward experience gives you that access to the entire interactivity. You may be exploring complementary content. You may actually be crossing stories where a given frag is common to two pieces of content, for example, or something more in-depth. So you're watching a film based on one of the music artists, and you'd be a click away or a link away from an entire concert that you may decide to watch online mm -hmm. through, the, through the experience. So we basically want to... We don't want to detract from the viewing experience, but we want to offer a person that spectrum from full, deep engagement through to just pure entertainment. Sit back and, and let me watch the entire film. Yeah, combining and connecting those. Yeah, combining and connecting those worlds is, is part of what we're about, as opposed to just being centered in just one. Because we think that the entertainment experience has to have both that lean forward and lean back experience as time goes on, because of the generational changes that are that are that are taking place. Right. So I, I, what I what I realized. Uh, sorry, um, what, what I realized in, uh, in sort of viewing the, viewing the habits of, uh, of this YouTube generation and, and uh, people such as my niece who are 12 years old who will watch, she's a hockey fan, she'll watch a hockey game, but only with her, iPod, her father's iPad or her iPhone checking the stats in real time, uh, right. connecting to her friends on social media saying, I can't believe they screwed that up, et cetera, et cetera. So what this, what this seemed to me is that this new generation needs to be entertained while they're being entertained. And, and <laughs> that's what the interactivity will, will give us. And from the very beginning when I started working with Brett, I learned very quickly his, his terminology of, of story, character, emotion to define you know, the, the construct of a really good piece of content. And I look at what our side, my side of the, the digital side, is to extend that into the collaboration, the engagement, and the interactivity, so that it's really a full spectrum entertainment experience. 
Well, that's great. And when you, when you talk about, let me understand a couple of things, uh, make sure that I do. Uh, first of all, when you say uh, first mover, uh, open source, are we talking about uh, you know, that's, that's the front end to the interactive it, that turns into almost like a, the word perfect open source kind of thing where it's being built on uh, by all kinds of different people and plugins were used, that kind of thing? I, I, I would see that that is exactly where it will go. It, it's not there yet. So obviously we're having to develop some proprietary components right now. And, and furthermore, to give that experience, to give the very high-quality film experience, a lot, of it, uh, a, a lot of it comes more from the film production side in terms of the look and feel. Right. Because it, there, there are some very rudimentary tools today that I feel actually detract from the, from the underlying content. And, and that's the last thing we want to do. The, the content has to stand on its own as, as, as the quality that, that is put into it. So what, we, what I anticipate happening is that we start releasing some of these things uh, in, into a production environment with our own content, with close partners, and so on. And part of our development methodology will be to, in parallel to, to developing the components that we use for, for real production and distribution immediately, I would also be developing um, the, the facilities to, to give this to anybody so that people can start ex experimenting with these third-party content creators who have, who, who, as Brett well explained, don't necessarily have an outlet for their work today because it's much higher quality than a YouTube video, but they're not going to get it into theatrical release. It's a sort of middle ground. So we right. want to make sure that we can put the tools into their hands as well. So I, it's mm -hmm. sort of like a parallel track, and the time frame for that is it's, it's hard to say now, but this is going to happen fairly quickly. Well, let's, let's go right into that. You have, a, you have a film, The Old Country. The Other Country, yes. The Other Country the other starring... Country. Starring the, the the incredible band Burlap to Cashmere. That's correct. <laughs> right. That's the, and uh, it's uh, you know it's a it's a story that comes out of sort of the truth of what the band are. They're 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 guys from Brooklyn, New York. Um, you know they've been on the Sony label. They've had they they actually had uh, a lot of popularity about uh, ten years ago. Uh, and then they broke up, and they just recently got back together. And part of that story we took and created as an aspect of the story of this frag film. Although, again, we fictionalize it because my belief is fiction is just more entertaining. Right. <laughs> so, and I'd rather have you know something that, that that creates a story and character and emotion in the way that a good uh, you know independent film can. And so uh, the the other country is a it's a journey that starts in New York and it goes across the country. The band is traveling across the country and doing concerts as they go, kind of in memorial to their ex-manager, who they're they're traveling to his funeral in Los Angeles. And so it's a it's a it's a rock and roll road picture, and uh, which I always wanted to make, and so that was quite fun. And uh, it's it's a, it's an emotional story of of this band, the internal dynamics and creative dynamics in a very amazing band of musicians uh, who you know are incredible live performers. One of the things unique about this, this film is that all of the music in the movie is completely live. There's no canned, uh, you know, post-syncing or anything like that. It's, it's the, one we, we wanted to create, we wanted to capture uh, the amazing uh, aspect of their live performance because they're really amazing live. And right. so uh, we did that through how we filmed this is, is, and how we recorded it. And it's very rare in a, in a sort of, you know, a dramatic feature film to have uh, – Everything be live music as well, so it's a it's a already unique combination there, 
and um, and it's a, it's also a very emotional story that that builds to uh, builds to you know redemption and, and brotherhood. And that's uh, it's it's a it's a film that is designed for people that love uh, this kind of music uh, and uh, and and love a, a gentle, wonderful story that can go along with music. So no Benny Hill um, or monkeys. Beatles, uh, girls chasing guys through a park in fast motion. Not, not in this one. <laughs> not in this one. <laughs> Although the monkeys and all of that, you know, that, these are all these are all uh, inspirations for me because obviously, you know, that that came out of what Richard left to do with the Beatles, which was really to create kind of this idea of you know of a rock and roll picture, you know, and 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 right. the way that. The way that Lester made those films, the Beatles, was very rock and roll. I mean, they just went out in the streets of London with a 60-millimeter camera and a small crew, and, and they kind of made it up as they went along, and it was a huge part of how the Beatles became a global brand, um, much bigger than what people remember, you know, and it's uh, and people to this day still think, well, those Beatles, they lived all in the same room. They lived in the same London flat in these sunken beds in this, this great uh, London flat, didn't they? And because they saw that in the movie. <laughs> Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, and so so creating the mythology around a uh, you know a, a band or a musical act is something that I think a movie story can do to great. Also, one of my anecdotes here is the work of uh, the director Hal Ashby in the seventies. I know he created films like Harold and Maude, which if you look oh, at yeah. it, it's 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 you know it's a it's a it's a Cat Stevens album, yeah. basically with a story. Now, who would think that a story? of a young suicidal teenager who has a sexual relationship with an 83-year-old woman would be the way to go with a story with Cat Stevens songs. So to especially, me... Especially that, to a young crowd. Exactly. And to me, that, that shows that cinema and music can do anything together. And so one of the excitements here is that when we're creating these musical stories, it's, we can really go any way we want. And, and it, it, it comes out of collaborating with, with the musical act itself, of course, and just and, and really comes directly out of the music itself. But you don't have to be directly linear with that. Hal Ashby's work is an example of that. You know, and he used in many of his films uh, songs as sort of narrative. So in, in what we're doing in, in the pop fiction life genre, we're using music as narrative as well as traditional dramatic uh, elements. Well, you're no stranger to doing um, offbeat uh, movies, so you're no. probably the perfect pick for this. Um, well, let me get into some of the – um, oh, I'm sorry. You wanted to say something? I apologize. No, no, no. It's fine. I just said it's, okay. it's, it's, we're having fun. <laughs> okay. So the uh, – you know, we're talking about uh, – um, I want to talk to you about the micro-budget films and, and things like that. But let me ask you something, because uh, you've been in mainstream, Brett. Yes. Um, yes. And, and, and Chris is working on, you know, on, on some of the, the money side and some of the technology side and, and that. Um, I was talking to Kurt Smith from Tears for Fears, and he, he's, he's, going, he's using the web to do music – Totally, you know, um, totally self-publishing music. That's his new thing. Yes. Because he's tired of things like you put stuff on. Um, uh, for instance, we we're talking about iTunes, and iTunes is considered uh, a particular type of model by the record company. So they're still charging things like breakage for digital product. It's just ridiculous. Yes. And it's so they're so selling big time. And let me ask you: Are you getting uh, some? Are you getting? Is the industry going to be mad at you essentially? Uh, of course, 
they were mad at VHS, okay? <laughs> they were mad at cable television. They were mad at every innovation that ever came along, and they they would move like a slow behemoth to to you know to, to those new trends. And that's why a you know a, a, a scrappy upstart entrepreneurial company like ours can can do big things because the the opportunity there. And, and what's happened you know even more rapidly than the than the home video revolution, which changed everything uh, in the movie business. Uh, this is these the innovations and and the changes happening right now are are literally just tectonic shifts that are that are massive and and Hollywood is a very intuitive place. Look, I've worked in Hollywood for 25 years. Um, mm-hmm. Again, I love going and seeing big Hollywood product. I'm not I'm not putting it down in any way, shape, or form. But there's something more to do with cinema than just what Hollywood does, and there's something more to do with the talent base that's out, that, that's out there than just the tiny little pinprick of a hole that you have to go through in order to actually make Hollywood content. Now, I was a person that actually got through that little pinprick, right? So uh, I understand that, but it's 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 so it's such a dynamic change now, and the way you know to to the to the point of of micro budget films and the way we're making films. Um, you know, you're able to make so much more compelling content for such lower dollars than is usual, and yet Hollywood is still mired in this 1935 process. I mean, the forms that are used in film production come literally from that era. So it's it's you know wherever there's a, a you know a giant industry that doesn't wake up and smell the coffee soon enough, there's always entrepreneurial opportunity, and that's one of the things we're 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 banking on. Well, you guys are like the speedboat, and they're like the big giant ocean liner. They, you can turn on a dime, and they can't. Exactly. And, and the funny thing is, is that the quality of our content can can become more and more, you know, basically compete with with Hollywood content that they, that they spend ten, twenty, fifty times more to create. And of course, right. to make the business model work within the context of these new distribution modalities and this transition era that we're in right now, the era may only last a few months because the next era will be here. Very soon, but it's it's that we have you have to be facile and and efficient. You know, um, like go, go back to Roger Corman. The way, reason he was able to give all these young filmmakers, literally every A-list director you can name today, he literally came out of the Corman camp, and that's because he gave people the break because he was making things very cost efficiently and for a market he understood. At that time, it was the Southern Drive-In circuit. Something that was being underserved by the Hollywood uh, distribution market. So, it, you know, now it's the internet and this entire global digital uh, content distribution mechanism that's sitting there, and very few are actually taking advantage of it. And and so there's a lot of things shifting and changing right now, and that's why you know we started doing this several years ago because I really saw you know for me it was me watching my my son Shannon who at that time I started this was around 12 years old how he was making his own media how he was distributing his own and I was like well if I don't get onto what's going on with him I'm going to be obsolete because there's, it's changing so rapidly. And, and, and so I kind of started following in his footsteps more than the other way around. And he works, uh, he works with us at Pop Fiction Life uh, on everything because, because he's, he lives the Pop Fiction lifestyle, so to speak. Right. Now, you know, I, just, I'm, I'm, I started reading what you guys are doing, and I got very excited uh, because it just, even though I'm an older guy, I'm 54, I, I, I'm, I was an early adopter, a first mover, if you, as you would call it, Chris, in, uh, um, in social media. I mean, I was working on some of the, the uh, first uh, bulletin boards when they first came out, so I've been around a little bit. Um, and I just, 
I'm so glad that we're all moving in in the right direction because there's still a lot of people in denial thinking that the whole Internet thing is a fad and uh, that it needs to be highly regulated and because nobody understands it. And uh, it's, it's just getting ridiculous. And, and I love that you guys are doing nothing but moving in a direction of more open and, uh, let, you know, let's go outside the box because that's where the directions are uh, kind of yep. thinking. Absolutely. And look, in America, you know, we're, you know, in America and in Canada and wherever entrepreneurs are, you, you, you have to think out of the box and you have to create things that are new and there's always resistance to that, uh, in the traditional business. I mean, you know, when I go, I mean, I still am someone who's, who's brought in to, uh, for directing traditional feature films and, uh, the, the frisian of, of, of energy between what I'm doing with Bob Fiction Life and that is very, very, uh, interesting because it's such a different model. And and, and my, my passion is really with these new models because I also love engendering new content, uh, new talent, and it allows you to make something different. Like, you know, I would never, through the traditional studio system, been able to make a rock and roll road picture with a great live band that I happen to love, you know, uh, except in this new format. And that, you just extrapolate that out for all the people that want to make things up there. Because I believe cinema can, again, be about things more than just people with cloaks and capes and cowls. You know, and right now it's contracted down to that, and uh, there's 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 something disturbing about that. Although, like I said, I love The Avengers. By the way, it was a great movie. My son and I went and saw it and enjoyed it like crazy. But it doesn't mean that cinema stops there. You know, and for me, this is a this is a new this is a new day to to, to expand what that means, not to contract it. Well, I'm, I'm kind of glad that you're at the forefront of this, Brett. I mean, because you, you're, I think you're modesty, and I'm the guy from the traditional movie outlet. But between uh, Mr. Head and uh, Gabriel's Kiss uh, and, uh, you know, yeah. the night show thing, and, I mean, you're, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're always on, you're, you always seem to be on the edge somewhere, and, and that's a good thing. You want to be well, on the I, edge it, at all times. It doesn't ever look like it to me when I'm there. It, it, it turns out in historical perspective it is, but, uh, you know, for me it's just doing what I think is, it makes sense at that time, and also I'm easily bored, so I always like doing something new. <laughs> That's great. Um, listen, we're coming up on the hour. A um, uh, couple things. Where can we find out more about uh, PFL, Bragg Films, and uh, what? And I'd like to give you guys the last word on uh, what you'd like to, the the public to know about what you're doing. Well, we 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 our site is up. It's uh, popfictionlife.com, and. Um, and that's p o p f i c t i o n l i f e dot com, pop fiction life, and uh, that's where we're going to be releasing uh, the initial frags for our first frag film, The Other Country. There's a lot on that site about what this is and and where it's going, and that that site, of course, will evolve greatly uh, as we as we continue to create uh, like the proprietary things that Chris was was uh, alluding to, and uh, and further content because we're also out there. Uh, you know, getting other musical acts and, and other entities that want to do this kind of, you know, out-of-the-box uh, content uh, and, and going to be putting those, those kinds of partnerships together. So there's, it's a very exciting time for us. It's, it's, it's just the – we haven't even really officially launched yet. We just uh, have just started to, to, to get out there and, and put this stuff out there. And, and of course, we're, we're, uh, we're, we're entrepreneurs, so we're always raising money and, and going to the next level, and, and that's a, it's a very exciting time. That's great. And for, for investors that are interested in getting in on the, the, the edge here, 
uh, Chris, can they get a hold of you or the company or what? what? Absolutely. They can, they can send me an email directly at uh, chris at pfltransmedia.com. And the contact info is also on our website. But, uh, yeah, people can get in touch with me directly. We've had uh, quite a lot of interest recently because we just are at this intersection point when you talk about the, the video and the uh, unlimited uh, consumption capabilities of all these devices. We're really where it's happening. So it's a very exciting place to be and an exciting time to be doing it. And you know, there's, there's really quick because the, the sponsor thing uh, was brought up earlier. And um, uh, let me ask you, Brett or Chris, uh, how do you work the sponsors in? You don't uh, do you do commercials on the on the tail end or in the middle, or do you have product placement? How do these things work for a sponsor? I would the sponsor aspect is is uh, one of the more um, interesting and innovative, and, and is really in track with what's been happening in, in the uh, advertising and brand management community. And uh, I think um, part of what I'd like to say is watch this space because people will be very impressed and uh, and happy with what they see. We're not going right. to be um, a running commercial for a brand or anything like that. But the bottom line from a brand manager is, as opposed to just having a banner ad evolving to a video pre-roll. The objective is to become part of the story and in such a way that it doesn't detract. So uh, I think what we would say is sponsors themselves are going to be very, very interested in getting involved with this because it gives them that next evolution of how to get to their base. Yeah, really integrated advertising uh, and also some of the uh, initial proprietary interactive, interactivity uh, aspects that Chris is working on will be uh, very uh, very connected to how a sponsor uh, is connected to these fracs. And so there's, there's, a, there's ways of doing it by utilizing technology that are non-invasive to the entertainment and story experience, but yet give you even greater depth as a sponsor and an advertiser. So, yeah, we, we believe this is kind of a new form of advertising as much as anything else as, as well, because obviously, you know, the, the monetization of things is, is coming from uh, corporate sponsors and advertising in the entire web. You know, that's, that's where most of the, the money comes from for any play that's out there right now. We believe that's going to, you know, migrate to, uh, to other levels of monetization, but it's not, it, it, it isn't, it needs to be innovated as much as any other part of this. And so we're, we're very, you know, very open to how we integrate a sponsor and advertiser into a, a, a given frack film. And we'll start to do that as an upfront process with the creation of frack films uh, very soon. Well, that's great. I, I, I actually look forward to the first uh, FRAG uh, conference, uh, uh, National <laughs> FRAG conference, or International FRAG conference in Vegas. So There you go. Exactly. <laughs> uh, do you guys have any last words before we jump out? Uh, just, well, this is great. It's great talking with you, and, uh, and uh, you know, for me, um, Pop Fiction Life is something that, you know, everybody can live the Pop Fiction lifestyle if they have that ability, if they, if they want to find quality content and they want to create quality content. That's part of, part of the community we're coming together. So it's about activating that community, and that's, uh, that's what we're reaching out to. Chris? Yeah, wonderful, absolutely. guys. Uh, this has uh, been uh, J.W. Nigerian with On Purpose Magazine, and I'm talking to Brett Leonard and Chris Creeper. And I really appreciate you guys coming on, uh, spending time. I know you're both busy as hell. Um, so uh, thanks a lot. Thank you, J.W. Thank you, J.W. All right. Uh, everybody have a great day and a better tomorrow. Thank you for listening to our Made Media Group production of On Purpose Magazine. 
You can find On Purpose Magazine at OnPurposeMagazine.com. On Purpose Magazine and JW On Purpose is the property and is a trademark of Meta Media Group, and this audio is copyright 2012, and all rights are reserved.